Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. Ian Green. Gang Green. The New York Jets. Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Woo! We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep, own this rep. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, Jet fans, was good? And you know him, you love him. The majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, back in the building. Welcome, Wookiee. What's going on, everybody? So, bye week last week, Mike. The best news coming out of the bye week is that the Dolphins took that L. We're now in third place in the AFC East officially. <laughs> oh, we moved up a spot in the bye week, winning percentage wise. We're one in four, they're one in five. That's how it works, guys. Uh, interesting week in the NFL. A lot of great games. Now, we didn't get to play a game, so you kind of get to sit back and chill out more. Watch all the games around the league, Mike. A lot of close ones out there. Titans game versus the Bills. Loved the outcome of that one. I mean, King Henry is just – he's just on another – he's, like, faster than all the D-backs, and then he's stronger than every linebacker. I, I saw the, I saw some of the highlights, and the runs – I did see the the, the, touch, the first touchdown live, the 70-something-yard 70, uh, 70 yeah. touchdown. And I was like, as soon as he got through – I, I saw the two blocks getting set up at, like, the linebacker level, and I'm going to myself, I took a quick look to the side. I'm like, this guy's gone. And yeah. it's like it's like a giant just hit an acceleration button. And, and I, I'm I, like, you watched him. And, like, remember when you, uh, that, uh, the old uh, 30 for 30 about uh, Marcus Dupree? Yeah, yeah. And um, they had the old uh, junior high school football coach saying, you, know, you, you think you'd catch him, and then Marcus would just leave you. And that's like Ow. that's, and he just left them. Like you could run as fast as you want, and this is the largest man I've ever seen running the football. Yeah, and he was the fastest man I've ever seen. This is it's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, God, has there been a back like with this size and speed? I just don't. Even going back, I guess Earl Campbell back in the was, day, Mike. Like this dude's just physically, yeah, mentally where he's at now, seeing the holes. He's just operating. On a different strategy. I, la I laughed out loud during the game. Uh, I think it was Collinsworth. Uh, I know it wasn't Collinsworth. It was one of the uh, Monday Night Football announcers <laughs> to linebacker Matt Milano. Uh, Henry broke through, and Milano was the only one standing there. And and Henry just lowered his head to run at him. And they said he made a career decision. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely did. That's he a, did. That's a he took a, it was a it was a business decision, all right. Because you're like, uh, do I move out of the way and play for another <laughs> five years, or do I get crushed? And he definitely got blasted. Um, yeah, I, I, Henry has gotten into AP territory to to the next level of greatness. Uh, best running back in the league, no question. I know P, in fantasy non PPR, he's number one, and I would 
probably argue even PPR. He's number one right now. I mean, he is absolutely a tremendous weapon. And I don't know if I'm going to end up being right, but my favorite to go to the to the Super Bowl was the Titans. <laughs> In the beginning of the year, I said, look, they got the defense. They got A.J. Brown. They got Julio Jones. They got, I was like, this. they got Henry. They're going to the Super Bowl. And then they start off terribly. And I'm like, okay, well, I got that wrong. Well, well maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Let's see what happens because you saw Ty, Henry is a monster. Good luck with, and then if 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 somehow Julio is healthy late down the road, down the road, you know what I'm saying? And they let's say they're like third, fourth seed, and they get in and they roll into the playoffs healthy. I mean, good luck. Look, the Jets yeah. got them when they were hurt on the road. We won great, but that's not the real Titan team. That you know that team. Showed you they could beat the bill. They could beat anybody in the AFC. Yeah, that that game uh, versus the Jets certainly was surprising. Awesome game versus the Bills. Another good game this week was Steelers Seahawks. Former Jet quarterback Geno Smith oh. slinging the ball around. That one goes into overtime. Barn burner fumbles the ball ends up costing the game. Not the only Jet quarterback. Former Jet quarterback, I should say that maybe cost his team the game down there in Carolina. 34-28 W for the Vikings. Another tough day for Sam. Ended up getting a touchdown. Had another fumble loss. Had another interception, Mike. That, I don't know if you saw that game. I don't know if you saw the Seahawks game. What would you think about him out there? Do you think he's going to be able to win any games for this team over this next stretch of about four or five games? When I watch these guys play, it just reminds me of what we went through as fans. Sam is Sam. We talked about this last week. I'm not trying to be obsessed over Sam, but I think it's pretty apparent um, what the deal is there. And Gino, same thing, holds the ball too long. <laughs> you know, Gino's Gino, man. He's got an arm, rocket of an arm, you know, but the decision-making, the holding the ball, the everything that we went through was just on full display. And that's why the Seahawks just added Jacob Eason uh, as quarterback there. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised Eason is starting in another week or so. That's a little roundup from last week, guys. The NFL sucks to have a bye week. At least there were some exciting games on the docket for us. When it comes to Jet News, Mike, I know you had some thoughts here on uh, our boy Robert Salah's press conference. He got to the first half struggles we've had, which we documented last week. We're not going to go back through them, guys. You know we've been absolutely atrocious in the first half. We can't score any points at all. We're giving up points. We're always behind. We're putting Zach in <coughs> positions where he always has to sling the ball. Um, He said he wanted to change up the schedule, Mike. Maybe that's going to help things. I know he said that. He had a vote of confidence for our offensive coordinator, which is to be expected. You don't expect him to, uh, you know, say LaFleur has been a bag of garbage, which he has been. So you expect that for Robert Salah. He's a very positive guy, Salah. Wasn't surprised by that. Mike, they also started to ask him about Belichick, which is going to happen to every Jet coach. If you coach the Jets, you're going to get asked about Bill Belichick. Had a very classy response to that, basically. He doesn't think about Bill Belichick. It's not on his mind at all. He wants to get, get the Jets a W this week. Um, what do you think about our coach's press conference, Mike, coming out of it? You know, I'm at the point now where I just want to see value. Uh, uh, and I usually will always say, hey, I don't know anything about football. These guys know way more than me. But I'm at the point now where I'm just like, you need to prove to me that you know what you're doing because it's pretty obvious to me that when I look at Elijah Moore and I see what Elijah Moore did in college and he played in the slot and he was an absolute monster and when they drafted him and they said, well, they're going to have to trade Crowder and people said, well, um, do the Jets 
trade Crowder or not. And then Salah and said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we all thought that for a reason. And we thought that because Elijah Moore plays in the slot and he's amazing in the slot, right? So yeah. when he was in training camp and when he was in the beginning of camp, guess where he was playing because Crowder was having an issue in the slot point. and he was killing it, right? Then what happened? He got hurt. Crowder came back. And what they wanted to trying to do is they're trying to get their best receivers on the field and they put him out on the outside. Well, guess what? He is not an outside receiver. He is a slot receiver. So use him. And see, so I don't want to hear any more about, you know, well, we're going to analyze. Just take your tools and execute. And at this point, now you had five games. Okay, your first two games, you scored 20 points, or excuse me, the first two, three games, you scored 20 points. The last two games, you got 47 points. Okay, there's a little improvement. After tomorrow, after this week, you're playing the Patriots again. I expect that Zach Wilson is going to be put in better positions to where this kid can succeed. Okay, I'm not looking for a W. I'm looking for not having four damn interceptions. Okay, yeah. I'm looking for actually scoring every quarter. Okay, just give me, give us some things to look at and and move forward with. Okay, obviously some of these rookie quarterbacks are making moves. You know, you're starting to see Trevor Lawrence play a little better. Mac Jones, you know, is having games where he almost can win. He's not throwing pick sixes to Trayvon Diggs, you know, at the end of the game. But and then he threw a, a touchdown. Okay, great. You know, we want to see better success, and we need to start seeing results. Okay, and we're not going to just sit back and be like all gas, no break. Robert Sala, you know, looks like Xerxes. He's got it. We're not going to do that. We're going to sit here and we're going to judge for what it is. And and if the results don't become realized, not only are we going to be looking at Sala, but we're going to be looking at JD as well. So I expect results and I expect that they are going to do what's right and stop trying to outthink and outsmart things. Just take what you know is right and just execute on it. Put Crowder in the, I mean, put Elijah in the slot, play Mims more. And I'm not saying it because I'm all a Mims lover. We we see it. We see it. You, you look at the data. Look at the damn tapes. Just put him in there. Okay? Just stop with this. So anyway, I'm not going to get all, I'm, I'm at the point now where I just, we need to see this. Okay, we need Zach Wilson. We yep. need you to look better. Okay, and 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 build on the on the, you know, when I was after thinking about it, Keith, he's failing at the at the easy things. Like he's already shown us that he could jump, skip, and hop. He's got to walk, and he's tripping when he's walking. So, I think that's correctable. Okay, just just walk, dude. That's it. Just dump dump passes, dump pass. You know, make your screen plays call your play you know okay you can make the thousand yard throw oh fine wonderful <laughs> show me that you can just execute a simple offense it's yeah hard. it's not hard. right you know what i'm saying and Look. he can and he showed us that he could do that in byu that's why you said on the last call which i thought was very accurate i had higher expectations because i already saw him do these things i yeah. knew like i thought this was going to be a problem and it is you know what that means it's mental it's mental. It yeah. is. He's he is shook. And you know how I know that? Because when that green and white scrimmage and he came in and looked absolutely horrific, he had never played in a stadium like that before. Now he yeah. acts like, you know, he's confident and everything, and that's cool. And I understand that he needs that as a, but he he it's mental, bro. 
and you need to get that stuff out of you. And you gotta you gotta go out there and do and play football, man. So and that's yeah. on Salah and 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 the coaches to to get this kid's head right. So that's yeah, all I, I gotta think, say about that. Mike, you know what? I think uh coming into the season with the drafts we had before the season coming in, before we understood that Mims was not going to be utilized the way he is, we were thinking, wow, look at all these receivers we have. We have this better offensive line, new offensive system. Zach Wilson, to me, is a better quarterback coming out of college than Sam Darnold. So that's why I said I thought the bar was set a lot higher than it was, say, for Sam or other quarterbacks we drafted in the past. Um, and he hasn't. He's fallen well below my expectations. So it is depressing. And I want to ask Wookie a question because Wookie's coached football before. He's played at a really high level. When it comes to coaching, would you agree that where a coach really makes his chops and earns his money and shows if he's a good coach or not, is not really, and I'm, I'm not saying an Andy Reid or a Belichick during all these years wasn't a good coach, but if you have a great quarterback and everything's going great, it's not that hard. Would you agree that when it's a time like now, when things seem to be falling apart around you, offense is pathetic, you get a week off, you got a young quarterback, this is kind of when a coach needs to really show what he's all about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, speaking of coaches, I had a coach when I played freshman football. He told me that, um, you know, character is what you do when nobody's looking. And um, character can also show when you're going, when, you know, you've got a bunch of bad breaks that have been hitting the team. And when you don't have a dominant quarterback or a dominant this, and you've got a talented kid that you brought in for a reason, you've seen him struggle, now is the time where you get to see the coaching. Is, is, is he getting the help that he needs to get over what he's going through and get to the next step? And that's I think you'll see that over the next month and a half if the coaching staff is, uh, is able to do that and get them on, on, get him on the, on the right page. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Wilk. And uh, some other notes to get to, guys. I know C.J. Mosley Mike had an ankle. He's yep. um, one of these type of players that's pretty cautious with injuries. Still questionable for this Sunday, so we don't know if he's going to play. Makai Becton, Salah said, Mike, still a few weeks away here. We're not going to see him this Sunday. We're hoping to maybe get Gerard Davis back. He's not going to be playing this weekend either. Uh, Marcus May looks like a game-time decision here, guys. One other note I thought was pretty cool. Um, one of the stories Salah told Mike is about Tevin Coleman, who I think I think Tevin Coleman's in his fifth, fifth or sixth year, maybe Mike, maybe a seventh year at the high end, never returned kicks before his entire career, right? Never once, his whole career, until last week. And he had a 65-yard return. And they were just in practice asking if he can do it, you want to give it a shot, and he did it. And Kyle kind of used that as an example for a guy that's a vet, been around the league, you know, he's played on some decent teams, still willing to go out and do anything he can to help the team try something new, make himself more valuable, which I think is something that uh, Salah kind of hinted at but didn't say when it came to Denzel Mims and kind of his effort. I know um, I was reading last week, Mike, there was stuff going on in the practices. They're doing a wide receiver huddle and Denzel Mims is not paying attention. He's like on the side of the field, which Samini wrote. So, you know, he needs to, I think that is playing more into the lack of usage with Mims, Mike. The, some behaviors, Mike, that are happening off the field that we don't see. And Salah's not necessarily blowing a spot up. I think that has a lot to do with what's going on with Mims. All right, everybody, that's your news and notes here for the Jets this week. We're gonna talk about Jets, Patriots in a moment. Before we do that, we got to hand out this week's Jabroni of the Week award. Let's get to that right now. Hey, BG. Jabroni's Jabroni's Jabroni? Jabroni of the Week. You keep using this word Jabroni, and it's awesome. Okay, Michael and the Wook. You know, there was a close race this week 
for Jabroni of the Week. Me and mm-hmm. Michael talk about these things. We confer. We decided we think the biggest Jabroni is. Kyrie Irving had a strong case. Oh. Kyrie Irving, Mike, you were not happy with him. A lot of people aren't happy with him. Knock yourselves out, whatever you think about COVID vaccines and stuff like that. I'm not going to judge anyone, but when you're in his place, on a team, you're in a city that just happens to have a mandate. It is what it is. He's saying is personal beliefs, or he's trying to help out the little man. There shouldn't be mandates, trying to represent something um, that makes absolutely no sense at all to me, to most people, to a lot of pundits in the NF, uh, excuse me, in the NBA. So Kyrie and Kyrie Irving, Michael, this is a, someone who, in the past, has said he thinks the Earth is flat. Said a lot of other crazy things, a lot of other conspiracy theories. Um, not the Jabroni of the Week, though, is he? Not the Jabroni of the no. Week. Because if you go no. on national TV, oh my goodness. if you go on national TV where you just have a layup, just say your college and get out of there. You don't gotta go on too much. You went to one of the best colleges of all time. Just say your name, say your college, walk away. Can't do that when you're Jamal Adams. I, I cannot. I, I mean, I was doing something <laughs> at the time. Nick, I was doing something at the time. And I was, I think it was on my phone. I was looking and I had the game on, you know, and then it was like mine, you know, from Oregon on state and blah, blah, blah. And then you hear Jamal Adams. I'm the best in the nation. And I said, I stopped. Oh, I stopped. I stopped. I said, wait, what? And I got, I got a uh, direct TV and I paused it and I rewinded it back. And I said, wait, what did he just say? And then it yes. Jamal Adams. I'm the best in the nation. I had, I Let's, was floored. I know, was floored. Just, in case, just in case anyone is, now we look, we know 98% of our, our listeners, Mike, they listen on the free, uh, to our regular podcast, the audio version. If you are watching on YouTube, here you go. We're going to toss it to you right here. Jamal Adams, I'm the best in the nation. I'm the best in the nation. Best in the nation. Best in the nation, he said. He's the jabroni of the week, Michael. It's right under his name. When, it's, when he said best in the nation, visually on the screen okay 62nd out of 82 safeties on pff so there's 61 guys apparently better than jamal adams right now <laughs> in the nfl he's not playing that coming well, into right. the season we know pff mike had him at number 10 they had our boy marcus may at number seven um he's fallen down rankings wise at least down there at number 62 seahawks had no choice but to hand that money out so we understand that four-year deal um 70 million dollars when you trade two first round picks and you trade a second round pick away for a guy, you have to give him that money or you look like the worst run franchise of all time. So they had no, they had an obligation to give him that money. The bad part is, say you're a Seahawks fan and why he's Jabroni is quick. Like, is not only was it 62nd out of 82, whoop, it was moments later, a ball got thrown at Jamal. <laughs> to his face, <laughs> to, to him. It, was, it wasn't like, a, a, a th- it was thrown directly to him. And you couldn't have planned that game any better you, after you, what he said. You, you, no, you can't. And it would so they got they got Gino right now. And if they right now they got the tenth we got the tenth pick in the draft. And if Ooh. God help, we end up with a top ten pick and they're paying Jamal Adams. Oh, and can you imagine? And I'm not saying we would. Can you imagine if we actually drafted like the best safety in the draft? With oh, the pick? No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do. It. And I don't think we should do that. I'm just saying. Could you imagine something like that? But it's 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 wild, man. I mean, it is just wild. We got well, Elijah Vera Tucker. The we timing. got Elijah Vera Tucker for him, and Elijah Vera Tucker has been absolutely tremendous. You know, he's one of the top rookie performers this season so far. Imagine we get another one for him. Oh. Oh, my goodness. And just, guys, for Jet fans, you probably saw the article. The poetic justice 
of all of this coming to fruition here, guys. I'm the best in the nation. 62nd out of 82. A ball plunks off his chest. Now, he has zero sacks this year, Mike. That's what he was bringing to the table here. Because we know we can't cover We can't cover anybody, right? Nine and a half sacks last year, which is tremendous. A bunch of quarterback hits last year. This year, gets his money. He's pulling on Muhammad Wilkerson, Mike. He has zero sacks. He has zero interceptions. He has zero quarterback hits. And let me tell you guys what happens in the NFL from one year to the next. If it's a safety that freakishly just shoots up like this and gets nine and a half sacks, what teams do in the offseason is go, how did that happen? How do we stop that? That's what happened to Jamal Adams. This year, he's a non-factor, guys. Mm -hmm. He can't cover anyone. He's not getting to the quarterback. In 18 games here with Seahawks over the past two seasons, zero interceptions, four passes defended in 18 games. He's a safety. He's a safety. He's defended four passes, one forced fumble. We know he got to the Pro Bowl last year basically off the strength of his name and popularity. We understand how that works, guys. I'm not saying he didn't get there, but that has been an absolute. From every measurement, Mike, a colossal failure, horrible trait for the Seahawks. Blogs, I've sent you a bunch of them, Mike, because I revel in this. Some of these blogs out there are like, when are we? This, this is a horrific trade. This is a disaster. When do we cut bait? Mike, one of the articles said, when do we move Jamal Adams to linebacker? Wow. <laughs> oh, my that's God. How bad. He said so bad in coverage that he, only, he they want to move him to linebacker. I was like, okay, here we go. My goodness. And that's what, well, like Mike said, man, we got ABT. He's been a beast, okay? He's been a beast. He's been a blessing. He goes out does his job. He's probably the best guy we've had in the offensive line with Beckton out, to be honest with you, if you look at PFF also. So, thank you very much, Jamal Adams, for talking your way out of New York, acting a fool, and getting embarrassed on national television. Once again, just like last year, when you bailed out of that tackle, that was tremendous. You are the Jabroni of the Week. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, man. Jets, Patriots, back upon us, Michael. Now, the first time we previewed this game a few weeks ago, one of the things I mentioned is because of the way the last 10 to 15 years has played out, this game just gives me Andre to even know that it seems like they stink. It doesn't matter with the Patriots. It seems like we always have, or our quarterbacks always have, those nightmare games against this team. Now, Bill Belichick has done this against many quarterbacks, but we seem to be targeted the most when it comes to that, Michael. It always works out unfortunate for us. Last game was an absolute, it was an absolute horror show there with Zach, okay? We know how that worked out. Since then, prior to that, Matt Wilson's playing great. I'm not saying he's not playing good still for a rookie. QB rating right under about a 90, but he's turning the ball over a bunch. Now, their offense, Mike, coming into here is not as if they're steamrolling people with their offense or their defense. They're 26th in total offense, Michael. They are 17th in defense, so there's a middle-of-the-pack team here. And I'm not saying the Jets, well, we're last in everything on offense, Mike. So I'm not saying the Jets are rolling in here or should be rolling in here with a ton of confidence. But would you say, Mike, this is one of the more beatable Patriot teams we have played in maybe 20 years? They could beat him. And we would have beat him last time if, if Zach Wilson hadn't thrown four interceptions. Look, can we just start off the game? You know, what's crazy about when we start these games off is it's always run, run, third down and long pass, three and out. Be Be creative. Let's do screen passes. Let's do, let's just be creative, right? On the, on, in the beginning and let's get a good start, right? And I, you know, get, establish your run game, establish the pass, you know, get Zach Wilson into a groove. Once he gets into a groove, I feel like the kid gets confidence and, you know, and, and I wouldn't just be reckless with him, but, uh, 
ah, we could beat this team. This this I don't they don't scare me. I don't think this team is like some great team like it was in the past when we knew we were going up and we're not going to take a W most likely. Now I think they can go win a W. I think they have been in every single game this year except for the Denver Bronco game. In my opinion, they could have won any of these games, even the Patriot game that that Zach threw four interceptions. They could have won that game too if he hadn't thrown those interceptions. Okay, so I, I just think this team, uh, you know, hopefully out of the bye week, I'm just really hoping that Sala and the coaching staff um, are able to go in the direction they're supposed to go. But when I look at this Patriot team, you know, who scares me? Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry scares me, okay? Because I think that from a tight end perspective, they have a very good middle passing game. None of the wide receivers scare me. They're all jabrones. Um, and the running backs, um, you know, I know Nick's going to be like, oh, it's because you have you have him in fantasy. But Ramondre Stevenson uh, is starting to get leveraged a little more. And I think we need to watch out for that kid because he's a big, big dude. And if he starts running uh, wild, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen with those big guys. Look at a la Derrick Henry. But I'm not I'm not afraid of Harris. Harris is a scrub to me, in my opinion. I, don't, I have no fear of Harris in any way. Okay. Yeah, I have no, I have no fear of Stevenson either. I mean, at all. Well, you know. he's he's a big, <laughs> he's a big boy. He's a big boy, and that's know, the thing. Funny, and and, and the last two too. games, they've been given they they stopped him from playing because he fumbled the very first game. But the last two games, they've been giving him the ball more. And when he started, I watched that last game, and you know, you don't guys like that, you don't want to get them going. Those big dudes, because they, you know, they're 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 big. I'm not saying yeah, that he's gonna... great or anything. I'm just saying he of all the running backs they have. He would scare me the most if if he started to get on a run. Harris is not a at all a uh, concern of well, that's ours. That's why um that's why Stevenson was getting more time because Harris also had his own fumble issues and Bill yeah. was not play. So they're yep. kind of alternating back and forth. We'll see what happens with Stevenson. He's a lot when you you mention him in the name of Derrick Henry. Size well, I, I, as, as size, as size only, yeah. size like, only. And, then, and um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he is. I'm, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just he's no, a no, big. And kid. you know, and you know, um, Mike, you know what this team's gonna do. They're gonna use Mac Jones to throw these, try to throw these little short intermediate routes. It's what he does well. He can't throw the ball down the field at all. No, apparently. no, he can't. Um, they're gonna try with your boy to run the ball, get maybe four or five yards on first down, have it be second and five, get another first down. They do the same thing all the time. It's effective, right? Exactly. But this year, Mac Jones has thrown the ball to their team a bunch. Six interceptions. Yeah. What does our yep. boy Zach have? Nine. So nine. Um, neither they're, they're, he's turned the ball over a bunch too. The Jets, when it comes to rankings and offense, Mike, I mean, we're last in points in the NFL, um, 31st in yards, 30th when it comes to passing yards, and 31st when it comes to rushing yards. So you can't do worse than that so far offensively. The only way is up, guys. All we can do is improve. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, coming into this game, I read something really interesting from Rich Zimini, Mike. Um, Zach Wilson inside the pocket this year, 88 for 141. That's 62% clip. QBR, though, is a 19.8 because we know he has the seven interceptions. He has the two, uh, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, 956 yards. Look at his QBR outside the pocket. You know, he's 10 for 30 outside the pocket, two touchdowns, two interceptions. 20th in the league out of 32 instead of dead last and he is inside the pocket so what we're seeing right now from zach um is when he's in the pocket and the rush is getting to him mike he's panicking some of these throws like you said it before michael and you were spot on he looks like 
he's nerve-wracked a little yeah. bit on some of the throws, right? Mm -hmm. And then also some of the easy throws when he's in the pocket. The ones you just hit, the layup, the the dump outs, the screen passes, the over-the-middle uh, over throws where our receiver maybe has a yard of space. He's putting the ball behind those guys or just throwing the ball into the ground. So when he's in the pocket, it hasn't really been effective. We all know that. I don't think Jet fans are surprised by that. Um, so I, I don't think Jet fans are we're telling them anything they don't know. I actually kind of am surprised by that, the lack of efficiency in the pocket, Mike, just because that's what he was in college. We'll see what happens with the pros. We'll see if Salah will be, help, be able to improve upon that. But outside the pocket, he's not that bad. I mean, outside the pocket, QBs usually are a little less um, active with the ball, but he's been able to thrive there. One of the passes he made, the pass he made to um, Davis, Mike, the Titans game, they said the probability of completing that's like, the percentage was ridiculous. It's not completed often. Where he put the ball on the move to the receiver and everything he did there. So he's showing on some of these throws and some of these plays that he has extraordinary talent. Yeah. Okay, so when Sam was failing or other quarterbacks had the pass like Gino or Sanchez were failing us and they looked like garbage, I never was like, yeah, but man, this guy can really sling it 30 yards at right. an angle on a post route here and there. Yeah. Like, we never saw flashes of absolute brilliance. I'm not saying there weren't great plays. Sam had that crazy run last year. I'm not saying guys didn't have good games or anything like that. I'm saying what we've seen in small doses out of Zach to me Mike is a lot more talent than some of these other guys and Absolutely. that's what the coaches talked up this week and like you said that if you start hitting just these routine passes that that um you know that completion percentage is going to go up also those routine passes they give you confidence it doesn't matter if the passes are easy if you're seven for seven and you have to go short that many times you're building your confidence up a little and that's what we need for Zach we that's need right. the first half like you said yeah to, for him to hit these throws, these these routine throws, get the confidence going, get some of that moxie going in the first half that you seem to have in the second half. You know, we need to connect the dots, right. Mike. And then maybe if that happens, we come away with so, the W. So Nick, uh, you know, and I'm going to ask Keith here um, what his uh, big upset of the week is going to be. Nick, I'm going to ask you, can the Jets be the big upset for you this week against the Patriots? Uh, I think they absolutely can. I, I wouldn't consider them, I mean, I know they're probably going in as an underdog, but I, I don't see the the Jets and the Patriots being that far off as far as talent, team-wise. I mean, Mac Jones hasn't been great. I mean, he's gotten the job done here and there when he needs to, but again, from what you said before, Mike, there's not there's not a lot of people on that team that scare me if I'm, if I'm playing them. Now, you have to, you can't just overlook any team, obviously, but yeah. The Jets can absolutely beat can them. I, can I put you on the spot and make that an official upset pick? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. You want to know why I'm asking you that? Because sure. I'm picking the Giants as my official upset pick of the week. Of the week. Oh, very nice. Very absolutely. Nice. Yes. I have them I have them beating Carolina this week. Well, it, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'll tell I you what. Sam, I don't I have think an Sam official upset. Go, oh. go, Mike. No, I just think Sam is Sam, and I think the Giants are, were embarrassed, and I think they're going to take care of business. I don't think the I think I think Carolina's uh, in free fall right now, and uh, yeah, and and I, Hubbard, I don't. They're running back. I think he's guard. I don't think he's anything special. I think DJ Moore is their best weapon, and that's about it at this point. Okay, and Robbie Anderson yeah. is what he is. So that's my upset of the week. I was going to go to Keith and see what. Yeah, no, you know what? I think that's a great one because. The Giants and the Panthers coming into this, even though the Giants 
like we saw the stat this week, they've had the most losses the past however many years and stuff. Yep. I I like the Giants better than the Panthers in this game. I, yeah. I yeah. Really yeah. And they're yeah. due. I mean, the Giants, I mean, the Jets and the Giants, look, guys, we haven't been playing great this year. We know that. Um, but the Giants, at least on paper, have more weapons um, at their disposal. They have plenty of injuries. I know your boy might be out on um, the rookie, might be out there, Wookie. Daniel Jones, you know, we got to see him yep. step up. He's another guy in limbo, spotlight on him. This year has been a tough one. Saquon's out. Um, I don't know. Sam Darnold, though, past three weeks, guys, been the worst quarterback in the NFL. In the NFL. In the NFL. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel confident about you guys taking this W this weekend, Wookie. I I think the Jets also are another team. We're definitely the underdogs coming into this game. But I like I said, man, even coming to that first game, the Pats just don't feel like the Pats this year. You know, and everyone go take a gander at your boy Bill Belichick's record when Tom Brady's not his quarterback. I mean, not great. Not great. He's much less of a genius when Tom Brady isn't behind center. That's all I can say. In his entire career. And yeah, I mean, as we know already, Michael, um, Rex Ryan has a better winning percentage than Bill Belichick when Tom Brady is not Bill Belichick's quarterback. I love to bring that up. That's tremendous. If you guys want to go do the math, knock yourself out. True story here, guys. Um, (laughs) But I think that's everything we got for this week, dude. If anyone wants to get at us, Michael, support us or be involved in the AEBG world any way, shape, or form, where could you do that? Well, you can reach us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Kyle. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.